Hi and welcome to a new episode from the podcast Eurovision Legends. My name is, as always, Eva Lövström and have this time invited a singer that sold over 5 million copies of her single when she covered Bonnie Tyler in 95. But today we will talk more about her song from Eurovision in 2000 and I'm immediately going to go against her wishes and play the song. Don't play that song again How are you? I'm really, really good, thank you. Yes, in this uh, rather strange, surreal time of our lives, but I'm I'm doing well. I'm at home, and um, I hope everyone's safe and well. That's that's all we can ask for at the moment. Yes, indeed. It's 25 years since you got a smash hit all over the world with a cover of Total Eclipse of the Heart. Tell me about how did this come about? Uh, well, it was actually linked eventually with my Eurovision song because John Springate, one of the writers of my Eurovision song, actually was the first contact for me to do Total Eclipse of the Heart. He had been asked to record a dance version and to find a singer. And so he contacted me. We'd worked together many times in the past and he came straight to me we recorded it and then some months later uh, Mike Stock and Matt Aitken of Stock Aitken and Waterman fame they heard it and decided to put it out more generally on release and they they re-recorded the music but um, we kept the backing vocals I re-recorded the lead vocals and then the rest was history it just went mad across the world Every now and then I fall It's weird. 25 years later, I still enjoy singing that song. Wonderful. And so do Bonnie Tyler, I know, also. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we, we were supposed to perform together one time, but uh, sadly it never happened. Five years later, you ended up in the pre-selection for Eurovision in your home country. And you told her about John Springate uh, and Jerry Shepard also wrote the song. How did this song come to you? Again, uh, John contacted me. He, he called me on the telephone. He was just talking about the possibility, but he didn't know if he'd be able to find someone willing because, you know, the UK nowadays, we always feel like we're not going to do well. And it has a it doesn't have as good a reputation as in places like Sweden. So he didn't think that I'd be very interested, but he didn't know that I I have always been a huge, huge fan of Eurovision. So when he offered it to me, I, I just jumped at it. And 
I only met Jerry for the first time at the national final. And sadly, Jerry is no longer with us. But uh, it was wonderful going through the process with John and Jerry and the, the backing vocalists. Do you know if they presented a song to other singers? If so. I don't think they did. No. Um, the rumor is, uh, the story from John is that John and Jerry decided to start writing songs together again because they had done many, many years before. And they were writing these various songs and Don't Play That Song Again started to get written and they both said, oh, this is sounding a bit like a Eurovision song. And John's words were, and I know just who should sing it. And so that was when I got the telephone call. Was this your first attempt to Eurovision? Yes, yes, it was? it was. Yes, it was. I'd always, I'd always envied other artists uh, who had performed at Eurovision before, and it was kind of my dream because if you're a sports person, you want to do the Olympics. As a singer, to me, you wanted to a be on a TV show over here called Top of the Pops, or play at Wembley, or you wanted to be on the Eurovision Song Contest. I'd love to do all three, <laughs> two, two out of the three, so uh, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> From the beginning, it was eight songs in a semi-final broadcast on BBC Radio, That's where four songs qualified to a final broadcast in BBC TV studio in London. And you won the final after a televoting from the viewers. Was this an expected victory or a surprise? To others, it was expected. To me, it was a total surprise. We we loved our song and we wanted it to win, but I never expect, I never had any expectations. However, the audience reaction in the venue was amazing. And um, the presenter, Katie Hill, at the end of the broadcast, when she's reading out the results, she actually says... And you may have noticed from the audience reaction, the winner is. And uh, it, the place just went mad. And I went mad. I just I just remember jumping high. I just, I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. The excitement was just so mad. I, and I, I was just having such a great time. Eurovision in 2000 was held in Sweden. Can't you tell me what you remember from your week in Stockholm? I just remember being tired, but in a great way. Um, the Globen, the, the hotel housed the venue. So the third floor of the hotel was the auditorium. So it, it was amazing. The rehearsals were held there. All the fans would turn up there, all the different um fan networks and and journalists would be there in the foyer you couldn't go anywhere without bumping into people that wanted to interview you or have a photo with you or you know so many things and it was intensive rehearsal times but it was just just wonderful you know we were treated so well by the Swedes and Stockholm went out of its way to to make us feel so welcome and we we had some wonderful sort of excursions you know all the different artists but everyone was staying in the hotel 
And so it, it made it more cohesive. You know, everybody knew everybody and, and you'd see people at breakfast. Um, so it was it was wonderful. It was it was great fun. I have talked to Roy Arad from the Israeli group Ping Pong and Alexandros Panagi from Cyprus who also oh, competed love this year. Alex. I love Alex Panagi. Yes, a very nice guy. And Roy told me about all drama it was about the they were waving with the Syrian flags and Alex told me that he and his female partner were not friends during the week were your experience less dramatic uh slightly less dramatic yes there was a point in the middle of the week where we were told we almost got disqualified uh because the rules in the UK certainly were that the song was not allowed to be released as a single until after the show and apparently someone had got hold of a copy or some copies in Ireland and was trying to sell them so it was going against the rules and we almost got disqualified so come the Friday we weren't even sure if we were going to be performing um but that was fine and uh My skin went funny. I think it was a stress reaction. The makeup lady had to work on my on my face a lot because I got this very weird skin problem. But it was all covered by the way, by by the Saturday night and everything was fine. But I I did know about the the Syrian flag waving. They were told not to do that. As for Alex and Christina, I did not know that. I, I I didn't know that they didn't get on. I mean, I I got on fine with both of them, and I've I've seen Alex a few times since in in sort of Eurovision get-togethers, and I saw Christina a few years later in Malta. So they were both lovely. So I don't know why they didn't get on, but hey, gossip is great. <laughs> 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 I think both wanted maybe to be the star in the show. That's maybe why, but I don't know. Your song ended up only with 28 points. And a th- I know. And this is the lowest place ever for United Kingdom to that date. I how know. How did the <laughs> public react to the result? And how did you react, of course? Oh, I was devastated. I, being such a huge fan of the contest... Yeah, I wasn't necessarily expecting to win, but I really didn't expect it to be the worst ever UK placing. And the the after show party that was being held in the hotel as well, I just did not want to go. I wanted the floor to swallow me up. And my then manager said to me, he he literally just just took me back to my hotel room and said, you are going to change into your after show party outfit and you are going to go down there and you are going to hold your head up high and you are going to smile at everybody because you need to be there. And I'm so glad he made me do it because all the fans were coming up to me afterwards and saying, you, you know, you deserved so much better. And it was it was heartening to know that they didn't blame me, which was lovely. It was a strange time, but uh, someone phoned from the United Kingdom who runs a big nightclub over here. And um, I just got back to my hotel room and my manager passed the phone to me. And this guy said to me, just remember, you received the first point of the new millennium 
And it was true because Israel were the first country to give their points. Yeah. And the first thing they said was, United Kingdom, one point. So for about five seconds, we led. <laughs> we, yeah. we were the only ones with any points for about five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder one thing here, because you never released any follow-up single after Don't Play That Song Again. And was this related to the result in the competition? And did you have any songs planned to be released? Well, it was more to do with the record was signed to RCA Records. And actually, the, the guy who was supposed to be handling it was Simon Cowell, who everybody knows. But I guess because it didn't do well, afterwards, RCA didn't want to, to do any more. It was officially just a one-track contract anyway. But I guess they would have had been able to, to choose if they wanted to do any more. Obviously, if we'd won or come top three, they'd have probably chosen another song for me. But, it, you know, that was not going to happen when you come 16th. So I was without a record contract for a short while, which was why there wasn't a follow up. So it was it was a strange time, you know, for the next year or so both personally and professionally, I went through a very bad time, really. I, I kind of went off the radar for a while. Work was very quiet professionally. My marriage broke up. Uh, so, you know, it was it was kind of like dark days for, for a couple of years. And then I, I just sort of started working on myself a bit and and trying to find a way back yeah that's that's how i sort of started working with the energize guys again and then i worked with mike stock again and then i went back to energize again and that's that's kind of where i am now so you know it all sort of took time and i always kept in contact with the whole eurovision setup and the the eurovision fans so you know, come may every year in april and may i knew my diary would have some gigs in so that was always something to look forward to have you tried to represent united kingdom more times in eurovision since 2000 i have submitted songs in fact um a year or so after i did mine katrina and i we we wrote together we wrote a song together and we submitted that life caught up in dreams let the future bring what it brings into our lives into the place where it belongs and i know our love will grow and grow till we are back back in each other's arms i've been learning what's right Not to give my heart and soul to just anyone with a guy called Hussein uh, and we submitted 
we submitted a song one year. I don't think they've ever got beyond the first sort of section. Yeah, we, I've always been interested in submitting more, but my writing side has sort of been kind of in the background for the last few years. You know, so um, I've been in the studio a lot recording one, one of the tracks. Well, actually, quite a few tracks of the last album were co-written by Charlie Mason, who co-wrote Conchita's winning song from a few years ago. So, you know, I, I still sort of unintentionally I end up with the you know still with the Eurovision connection wherever I go I've been invited by other countries to you know to enter but I wouldn't say no definitely my heart is usually with the United Kingdom you know that that's the thing as as yours would be with Sweden as as that's what you're drawn to I know you are very active in hosting pre-parties and such like when it comes to Eurovision. And I want to know how much of a Eurovision fan you are, Nikki. So oh, I have prepared no. some quick trivia questions. No! I'm terrible at this! Ah, I'm ah, awful! Oh no! We begin. Which was the first British Eurovision victory? <gasps> I want to say Sandy Shaw, but I'm not sure I'm right. It's right. Ah! There we go. <laughs> Pop it on a string. There we are. <laughs> When was the last year used a live orchestra? Oh, now, uh, I would say 1998. It's right. Yay! <laughs> with Imani. Yes, because I know 1999 was precious with Say It Again. And I remember... That that was I, I do seem to remember that was the first year to backing tracks because I again I was so excited when we won Song for Europe I was so excited that it would then we we'd be going to Sweden and we'd have the orchestra and then the producer at the BBC said to me no they're not using the orchestra it it costs too much so you're back to backing tracks and I was so upset because I was so excited about using a full on orchestra. <laughs> Which is your favorite song from Greece? Greece the country or Greece the musical? Greece the <laughs> country. <laughs> um, you know, I took a country that is a little bit hard. Yeah, the only one that springs to mind is Antique with Die for You, the year after me. Yeah, good. Yeah, um, I mean, I could, I could say Greek singers would be Vicky Leandros, but she represented Luxembourg. So Come What May uh, or Après Toi is one of my all time favorite songs. But uh, Greece itself, I'd say I'd say Die For You. It's a great number. Which is the worst entry from United Kingdom? Oh, goodness. Oh, I couldn't I couldn't be too honest with that one. I can't say. <laughs> I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> There's been a few. There's been a few. <laughs> Last question. What's your favorite year and why? 2000, because I was part of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's the truth. That's the truth. And 2000, the fans do always say 2000 was a really, really good year for the songs. Um, So I'm proud to have been part of that. Yeah, definitely 2000 because, because it was the one where I am. Last year, you released a set of Eurovision covers and let's play them. Fabulous. How can you and I ever say goodbye? No, I see your eyes agree with what you say. I could never make you stay. song I would say that's probably my first ever favorite Eurovision song and layering all the vocals as I did I mean I just every time I recorded a harmony I then said to the guy in the studio right can I do another one can I do another one can I do another one I love harmonies I love backing vocals and harmonies and so That was incredibly good fun to do. And and I love doing ballads anyway, because you can put so much heart into this, this the song. Tonight again, and uh, You Are the Only One. Again, I, I just added and added and added to vocals. Um, my star, I loved doing it so differently from the original. So that was fun. And working out different vocals for it, different harmonies and things, different um, backing vocals, actually changing the sound of the song. And You Are The Only One is just a fabulous song. So they've all got their their reasons to be my favourite to sing. Um, back in, I don't know what year it was now, it was probably 2002 or something, and John Springate and I again uh, worked together. He was living in Spain And I flew over to his studio in Spain and spent a couple of days there. And we recorded Ding a Dong, which is another one of my all time favorites. And um, Hold Me Now by Johnny Logan from Ireland. Uh, One Step Further by Bardo, which is one of my UK all-time favourites. Oh, 
just I've used them ever since. You know, people always ask for them, and um, they're they're great to have in the in the repertoire and in the in the set. You know, when I'm booked to do Eurovision gigs, you know, they're they're great ones to bring out and do. So yeah, I I still do them, and I, I love doing them. I would say that most of your repertoire have quite an ABBA-esque sound to it, but you have never covered any Swedish Eurovision songs. Uh, in my medley, in my original Eurovision medley, I do Take Me to Your Heaven, which is possibly one of my completely, completely all-time songs. I keep saying this is my all-time song. Um, <laughs> Take Me to Your Heaven is just, you cannot stay in the chair when Take Me to Your Heaven comes on. You have to dance to it and sing along to it. it it's it's wonderful. And it, it got me to Stockholm, really, because it was the winner before, you know, the year before me. So thank you, Charlotte, because I would never have got to Sweden. So Take Me to Your Heaven and Listen to Your Heartbeat, the like the year after me, were both in my original Eurovision medley that I sometimes do. So yeah, they're, they're two that I've done before, but full versions of Swedish songs. No, I haven't yet. That's something I'll have to readdress. Yes, we'll have to correct that. I think you would work wonders with Give Me Your Love from 2003 because it oh, sounds quite dated. And I think yeah. you could bring it kicking and screaming into 2020s. Oh, but I'd need a duet partner. Uh, yeah, well, I say no. <laughs> Or, I know it's not a favourite with the Swedish fans, but Las Vegas. I loved that song. <laughs> I loved Las Vegas. But how, how could you number. do that, Abbaesk? <laughs> <laughs> you have recorded many songs under the years in your career, and I guess my listeners don't have heard so many of them, maybe. And I give you here an opportunity to name some songs that you really like and I will play a clip from them here. Uh, well, from the very first album, Secrets, and I still say it's possibly the best song or my favourite song that I've ever recorded is uh, Did You Ever Really Love Me? I just think that is just an ultimate song. It's a wonderful song. From the more recent albums, On Your Marks, Get Set, Go Away is, is a favourite of mine. On your latest album glitter to the neon lights that's one of my favorites teardrops on the disco floor i think is a great number my teardrops on the disco floor 
so many. There's so many. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with those for now. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to interview me again and I'll be able to think about them more. <laughs> I think our listeners will jump into Spotify directly now and listen to them. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to play oh, your song you. again. Oh, thank you. Well, it's it's my 20th anniversary of performing at Eurovision this year. So I, I'm very grateful to you for asking me. It makes me feel very old thinking it was 20 years ago, but... I still love Eurovision and I, I love meeting the fans and I love doing Eurovision gigs. Sadly, this year, they, they've all been put on hold. But um, yeah, we'll have to celebrate my 21st next year. That'll be fun. <laughs> and thanks to you, the listener. It's an amazing feeling to reach out to such a wonderful audience. Yes, Opinions, questions or suggestions are more than welcome. Use our social media accounts or email me at email at slagervandena.se and follow Nikki French on Instagram or um, Twitter. My Twitter handle is Nikki Frenchy or Facebook. Yep, I'm on. I'm on all of them, I think. Does it feel good? Oh, feels great. Thank you. You've been a joy. Oh, I'm so grateful to you. Thank you. And to the fans as well. Nikki, shall we do it? Emil, please do play that song again. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs>